0: Oh, yeah. It's been a few beats. Welcome to Life Happen Anyway. My name is Adam Troutman. I'm your host talking about all things life, love, and badassery. Thanks for joining me. It's been a long couple months, kids. A long couple months indeed. I have not put out a podcast for two months now. Feels kind of weird. Sorry about that, everybody. I know I've got people that have messaged me quite a bit, asking me what the plan was, or looking, just looking forward to different episodes and, and uh, what was coming out. So, uh, But I'm back. Uh, it's been a big whirlwind for me. And that's kind of, I guess, mainly what I want to talk about. A couple of months ago, I was able to go back to work. I work for a um, very large regional airline. I'm a pilot for them. I got the okay to go back. I had gotten everything I needed and reported back that, that I was ready to go to my chief pilot. And I mean, within, within just a couple of weeks, they had me set up to go to our Denver Training Center. Our airline's got a a couple of different aircraft that we fly, and the one that I fly in particular, uh, the Embraer 175. All of the simulators and uh, all the gear that we train on is all in Denver, uh, just outside of the airport in Aurora. So for all of March, um, well, virtually most of us, so, so the end of February and then into three weeks or so, two and a half weeks into March, I was getting requalified. So what that means is every year pilots have to do what's called, um, like yearly recurrent training. You'll hear some people talk about what they'll say, Oh, I have recurrent this month. So what that means is every year or every six months based on your airline and what, um, you know, you know, what your, what the situation is, um, you have to go and essentially do a what's called a check ride all over again. So you have to go and demonstrate knowledge of the aircraft, aircraft systems, uh, what are called memory items uh, for emergencies. So a lot of emergency procedures. Um, also, uh, every year for us, for our recurrence at my company, recurrence are called CQ events or continuing qualification events. And so they kind of focus on issues that the fleet is having the previous year. And so a lot of the scenarios are based on that and a lot of things that they want us to focus on. So because I was out, I was out long enough where I had to do two years worth of recurrencies in order for me to be legal. So I had to prepare and study for 2019's recurrent and also, they wanted me to do 2020's recurrent the following um, the following week. So basically, what what I wasn't expecting was I thought I thought, and my chief pilot thought too. Oh well, you'll just go back through maybe like initial training again because you've been gone. You know, I was gone for almost two years, so he thought I'd just go through initial training, which which really walks comparatively to a recurrent it walks through things a lot slower over a bigger span of time. And that is not what happened. <laughs> they, they basically said, okay, well, here you go. Your, your, uh, your, your, classes and your CQ events start in two weeks. So, <laughs> so that was that I, I got, uh, I did get two ground sessions individual, which is nice in the airlines. You don't usually get that kind of stuff, but I got, Two two ground sessions, which was with me and an instructor uh, from our training department, um, reviewing some things, getting back in the cockpit. Um, There's just quite a bit to go back over. And also to do the ground school for the 2019 recurrent training. So I did those back to back, and then I had a couple of days off, and then they gave me was, this was actually really cool. They, they gave me two sessions in our simulator. So our, our simulators are huge. Uh, they're full-size um, cockpits of the, of the aircraft that you're flying. Um, it's in a gigantic pod that has the cockpit up front, and then the last half of it is where the instructor sits, and then a couple of, of extra seats for, like, observer seats. And the, the instructor has full computer access to fail anything or put you any place, so that that's kind of how it's set up. There are these huge pods that are on these. Uh, I think there's three gigantic hydraulic arms that move the pod in all all directions. So it's a full access simulator, um, and it's pretty realistic. I mean, it, it's. Um, I would say that that there's just a, a handful of things that don't feel like the real plane, but it's pretty close. So I got to go do two full simulator sessions uh, with just me and an instructor uh, that were no jeopardy. So they weren't actually graded training events. I just got to go play and have fun. And it was really cool. It it, uh, it went smoother than I thought it was going to. I was a little apprehensive to say the least. I mean, just to be honest, guys, between me and everyone listening, I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> um. I was pretty scared, but I went into it, I think, with the right attitude. I I went into it just grateful. I was grateful to be back, grateful for the opportunities, grateful for my company that uh, stood beside me for the issues I had, and some of those, as I had shared in a previous podcast, some of those were alcohol abuse issues, uh, but they really, really stuck by me. And I was so grateful just to be back no matter you know whether I was you know crushing it so to speak or 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 not and so i w- I would go and you know I went and had to, like I said I had the ground training then I went and got to do some simulator training after a couple of days off and then I got a few more days off it was kind of nice actually the the training department really set me up it wasn't like I had to go and do it all back to back because you guys it's like a fire hose like. Like uh, system knowledge and getting back into uh, a jet is I – mean, when you've been off a long time, there's just a lot of things. Because everything happens faster, right? It's not – you know, I had been flight instructing a little bit uh, in my off time. But the biggest things that – you know, the biggest differences, I should say, is that everything just happens faster. Every Everything's happening at two to three times the speed. And so there's just a lot less – um window. There's just a lot smaller of a window for mistakes. So um, what was nice is I I didn't have to just go back to back to back to back. I got to like work on things, digest it, work on things, study. And that was really nice. So um, got to come home for a few days and and then uh, was really studying up for the first actual graded training event. I'll be honest, that really kicked my ass. (laughs) Um, I felt... There was a, a moment, there were a couple moments that I felt pretty frustrated. I, I, I got the days mixed up about what event we were doing. So um, the requalification events yearly, they're kind of broken up into a few segments. So you'll have like a ground school portion, and then uh, after ground school, you're going to have two days in the sim, and and one of those days is uh, for us. Understand that you know every company it's called something different, but for us it's a line orientation flight uh, or line orientation experience (LOE or LOFT). That is essentially usually that's like the check ride. So you 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 have the um, you usually have a two-hour oral exam. Uh, where you and your other pilot that you're with, you get both graded separately on like emergency memory items, and then you have like a collective discussion on, you know systems or, uh, you know, flight operations, things like that. And then you go in the sim for a loft or LOE, and you actually do a full flight. So you you literally push back and you go gate to gate. So for example, in the 2019, We were in Boston at gate, whatever, and we pushed back taxi and we flew into, um, where did we go? I believe it was LaGuardia. So, and you know, along the the route, even on a short flights, you know, we'll have some system malfunctions or some issues that we have to deal with as a crew. And so I was in that mindset. So I I walked in thinking, okay, this is, you know, we're going to go gate to gate. It's just a very different mentality. I'm ready you know, for the emergency items and and procedures and things like that. And what it was is it was the, um, it's the other day. It's called the maneuvers validation and the MV. So the MV is, I know it's a lot of acronyms. So I'm kind of sorry. I I know I have a lot of listeners that may not know some of this stuff. I'm trying to kind of explain. Uh, The maneuvers validation is where they actually simulate blowing everything up basically uh you know you'll do a lot of emergency procedures a lot of what are called instrument flight approaches um in in zero visibility down to certain kind of weather minimums and you know and make decisions if you see the runway or if you do or if you don't or if you know you're making judgment calls based on kinda of what's happening if you if you feel it's safe to land or or you do a, a go around or a missed approach is what it's called. And that has a whole procedure and it has you know, its own what are called call outs and uh, it's just there's just a lot that goes on. So to me the the mentality going in is very different. I go in thinking it's the L O E, you know, the 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 oral and the gate to gate and it's not. So I I really was kind of uh overwhelmed at first. I was kind of frustrated with myself because I felt that the the two practice sessions I got went really well and the instructor thought I did really good. So he was really confident, but I kind of got my butt kicked and I mean I did everything, you know, I I met and exceeded standards. I mean they they won't pass you if you don't. But I was kind of frustrated at myself with certain things. Um we have to do some procedures like There's one maneuver called a a maximum, a max demonstrated crosswind. so for us, that's like 38 knots of crosswind. And we have to demonstrate proficiency with that in the simulator to actually land the plane in a 38 knot direct crosswind. And, you know, when I was practicing them, I was really greasing them <laughs> pretty good. I felt really confident. And then I get into the into the the MV and it was just I struggled with it and I was just frustrated with myself. It was still safe. You know, everything was safe, but it wasn't as smooth as I wanted it to be. So, so then I came home and now check this out. So, as I'm traveling back and forth to Denver, I know that was kind of a lot of like airplane techie talk blah. Um but I was noticing that the flights were starting to Get smaller. So the company was flying me back and forth. Every time that I showed up to be transported where I was supposed to go, I noticed that the flights were getting smaller. And so as I was seeing on the news, all of this COVID-19 stuff was starting to go around and slowly but surely over those just a couple of weeks, I was blown away that, that when I went to Denver At the last week of February, I was the last, like my seat was one of the last ones on the plane, middle seat, and it sucked, and, you know, full plane, and then two weeks later, when I was coming back to finish up my last CQ event, it was three quarters empty planes, and I was blown away by that, and so I get back to Denver, and I go through the 2020 a uh, requalification event and that was really cool cuz I got to actually be in one <laughs> so I, I was in you know i got to actually do the classrooms with all the other pilots that were doing their seek C- their requals and cqs uh for that month and i had a really great sim partner he was um a really experienced what's called a line check airman uh from San Diego and and was super patient with me coming back from leave knowing that i'd be rusty and and he and i got along and communicated really really well so so I was really thankful for that. Um, he's a good dude. His name Brandon. Good guy. We're going through. We finished the ground portion. We're back at the hotel that night, and we're all studying in the uh, in one of the lounges of the hotel. And a lot of people start texting us and saying, "Hey, they're sending training. You know, training is closing down." And we are all like, "Ah, whatever. You know, that's no, that can't be. I mean, that just can't be." And Sure enough, I, I had gone back to my room and I was just watching this line of people from uh, the training center, kind of like head held low. And it was, it, you know, group of people that were, they just from a distance, they just looked bummed and they were all walking back to uh, you know, a different hotel. Our training center has a bunch of hotels around it within, within just a block or two. So the the new hires generally have a certain hotel that they all stay at. And it was just this line of people. Sure enough, uh, word kind of came down from up top and, you know, administration showed up and and collected iPads and books and badges and sent them home. That was really spooky. I guess to really express how I was feeling, I remember being a new hire and I remember the excitement. I remember being on, on cloud nine also overwhelmed. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, airline training is modeled after military training a lot. So it's, it's accelerated training and it's like I had said earlier in the podcast, it's definitely a fire hose and it's not easy, but I remember waiting patiently in ground school for our, our, our crew badges and, all my friends and I call, call them the magic badge because uh, it really is your access. As a pilot, it's your access to a lot of stuff. It's not just you know getting through a security line or whatever, which we get through something called known crew member, but the actual ability to jump seat and list for travel on any domestic carrier. Um, now, of course, we wouldn't have the priority if it's not the companies that you're flying for, um, then you know, there, there is a priority for um, what's called the jump seat up in the cockpit Uh, for, you know, it's always, it always, it always goes, you know, the company of the plane, you know, if there's pilots for them, they get the priority and then there's, there's jump seat agreements that we all follow, but it's really, you know, the freedom of movement is unbelievable as a pilot, which is half the reason I think that we, a lot of us get into this, uh, certainly for me. So the magic badge. It was all about the magic badge. And I remember on that note, this is kind of a, a side story, but it's cool to, to kind of illustrate, I think w- how I, I can empathize for those new hires. I remember when I first started me and my friend, Teresa, Teresa is a very skilled and talented pilot, uh, out of, uh, the Portland area, she's now flying for Alaska mainline. She's a first officer on the seven thirty-seven. Now we had just gotten our magic badges and we wanted to see, you know, if we could actually go through the security line, if we could like, we wanted to test them out. So we actually, uh, took the airport shuttle to Denver international and went through known crew member access and, you know, just went to the airport and went through cause we could, it was just so exciting. <laughs> uh, and I guess those memories kind of come back for me when I, you know, when I watch those those guys and gals who had that kind of taken away that they they worked for that they worked for that they worked really hard to get there. You know, just to just to walk in the door to earn an interview, you have to have you know a commercial pilot certificate with multi-engine ratings and instrument ratings and. Um a big pile of flight hours I mean you've got to have at least fifteen hundred flight hours minimum to even apply, so those people worked their tail off to get there, and it was just tough to see that, but you know our company's actually taking care of those of those guys pretty good um but it's a bummer to see, so it was just very surreal and then when me and my sim partner simulator partner went to the training center the next day it was a ghost town and, and for that place to be a ghost town I mean that that those are booked not you know not just, not just the classrooms but the simulators are booked literally leased to, to my company for 24 hours a day 365 days a year for X amount of years so it's they're running constantly they're only down for two hours a night for mandatory maintenance so it was so spooky to be one of only a couple of of pairs of pilots in there to work. So um, we, you know, we went and did all that and we went and did what we were supposed to do. Everything went really well. This whole time I was kind of waiting for like an emotional release because this, you know, during those few weeks I was just in work mode and I wasn't really processing anything emotionally or, or working on any of that. But right at the end of... The last session, and you know, we were all sitting in the in the simulator pod and kind of just BSing, and I was having a hard time not breaking down. And a couple of the people, like they knew, you know, those guys all knew I was on leave a long time and and went through a lot to come back, and they were so supportive and kind and so excited for me to be back and. I got into, back to the car, I'd I'd rented a car for a couple of days and I just broke down and ugly cried for a little while (laughs) because um, I'd finally felt that I could put a lot of what I was going through the previous two years behind me and move on. I was very grateful, very, very grateful, and then um, I got to come home for a few days and and i was right back out flying I and mean, it was awesome i i got to go on my first flight after being requalified with a really great uh um training captain he was awesome and got to go all over the us it was great and then got to do a couple local trips and and it's been really really good but i tell you what this covid-19 has really changed a lot of life in the at least in the you know short to intermediate time frame that's that's for sure it's it's the the it's spooky the airports are completely dead you know which kind of it makes it a little sad because part of what i love isn't just flying the machine which of course is the number 1 thing for me but you know going places the hustle and bustle of the airports the the movement of everything is very intoxicating to me i i really enjoy busyness of everything and the energy of that. I really enjoy that. And I enjoy being able to go see new places and meet new people. I enjoy not just going back to a you know, a hotel room and closing the door, but, you know, go check out local restaurants or music venues. And right now, man, there's none of that. I mean, you go back to your room, close the door and you're ordering in at best. And so, um, it's kind of, you know, there's part of it. I had put up, put on my social media that there was a kind of a bittersweet return because I am so happy to be back at work. But at the same time, it's very, it's, it's just very bittersweet because there's a lot of changes right now and we don't really know what the long is going to look like. So, yeah. So that's how my couple of months have been. <laughs> uh, I just kind of wanted to catch everyone up. Um, I kind of intend on the next podcast to kind of pick up where I was. I've got uh multiple part series on all kinds of cool stuff. In fact, I'm going to follow up uh, from uh, my previous episode. That was a couple episodes ago. It was, it was, I think it was beginning of the boogie. And then uh, I've got uh, two more to follow up on that, which was my first kind of jump into being a professional musician at a piano bar. So that is what we can kind of look forward to. It feels great to be back. And I feel like I got a little piece of me back. And I just got a lot of lot of people to thank. And you know who you are out there. I love you. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming in. My name's Adam Troutman. This is Life Happen Anyway. As we sin in our lives Boys turn to men No fear in their eyes I can't help